Welcome to Real Estate Business Explained. On this show, we share insights to what it really looks like to build a real estate business from the inside, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Sean, and as a coach and trainer, over the past 15 years, I've seen it all, and I wanna share what I've learned with you. So whether you're just getting started or you've already got a lot going on and you're just looking for something new, I'm confident there's gonna be something here for you. Let's get into it. Hey, I'm Sean. Welcome to today's podcast. You know, you might've figured it out by now, I absolutely love real estate teams and I think a big part of it for me is having had the experience of coming into it without a clue what I was doing and figuring it out along the way having all these amazing people help me but I've learned so much about them now and I just find them fascinating and more than anything I love when me and my team get to collaborate with people and helping them grow their teams. That's actually a huge part of our business is is coaching leadership, helping train their new agents, helping them build in systems and tracking and tools. And so that's why I'm on this tangent. I just, I I think that they're so fascinating. They're, they're, I think they're deceptively easy and difficult to build and start at the same time because it takes a huge amount of effort just to get to the point that you're really justified to start one and, and that you have the foundations in place. And often people look at them and think, oh, well, the challenge ends there. But the truth is it just continues. It's a, it's a, a challenging grind every step of the way. And simultaneously, they're a business that anyone has access to with relatively low capital. You don't need to go and you know find venture partners to create something that could create millions of dollars of profit at when you reach the the end product of what you're building. So it's a a business that has this incredibly low bar to entry. I'm not saying that the people who are successful in, in building real estate teams are those of a low caliber. I'm saying anyone has access to this, which is so cool. So I'm continuing on this theme of, of peeling back the curtain a little bit and looking at real estate teams and you know, we've, we've talked about why people start them and why they're becoming so popular. We've talked about red flags to look out for. We've talked about what may, might make your team suck and what you should try to make sure you incorporate into the culture of your team. And I thought it would be nice to shift gears a little bit and turn towards a positive. What are things that great teams seem to all have in common? What are the things that every great team needs? So. I have five things that I believe and have noticed that all of the teams I consider truly great share in common. These are all pillars in the underpinning of the team. And really what I'm looking at is what they bring to the agent. Now, I wanna say that a successful real estate team will have outstanding service to its clients. And the neat thing is, is the service level of an exceptional team is often born of the fact that they get so busy that they're forced to systemize. So you'll have an amazing agent who gets started and you know he or she goes out and they find all this business and they just can't keep up with it. And the only way that they can get past the amount of business that is their personal maximum is to bring amazing people in and build amazing things that allow them to do more. This is what great service is often born of at a high level. It's not that they just care so much that they make it all happen. It's that they're forced to, they look at it, they're like, I can't write 90 deals alone without help and give great customer service. Even if I try my hardest, I'm still gonna screw it all up. So I need to go out and build systems, I need tools, I need leverage. 
And so amazing service to the customer is a given in this situation. That's not actually what I want to peel back and, and dig into. I actually want to look at the, the amazing things that teams do for their other clients, not the homeowners, the, the home buyers, the home sellers, or the commercial clients. I want to look specifically at what they do for their team. Think about it for a moment. If you run a team where the majority of the transactions are done by the agents on your team, not the owner or rainmaker or founder or whatever you want to call them, the CEO, we all love different titles, that whatever it is that you call yourself, the majority of the business is being done by the team. Well, who does that make your actual client? As the owner of the business, if you own a business where you provide services to people who provide services to, who's your client? Personally, I would argue that when you transition from being the person who does the most of the, the majority of the business on the team to the person who is serving the people who do the majority of the business, your primary client is the agent. The people who have the most significant potential to be a wealth influencer for you, to change your outcome of your business, of your team, of your life, are actually the people in between you and your end users, the clients who are buying and selling homes. So great teams go through this paradigm shift where they turn from saying, I serve home buyers and sellers, to saying, yes, we provide services to home buyers and sellers, but our, our main services are designed to cater to great agents, to create an amazing place for them to be part of and to thrive. And so today what I wanna look at are the five things that great teams need if they want to be able to provide amazing opportunities to attract and then keep and grow the most talented people. Number one is administrative support. The number one thing your team needs if it wants to be great is great administrative support. Think about it. That person who got started and built the, the team before they had any other agents around them, the reason that they brought in that first person, that operational person to help them clean up the, the mess that they were making was because they couldn't do it all on their own. And that person realized pretty quickly that the highest dollar per hour tasks in real estate aren't filling in paperwork, making sure that signs come up and go down and, you know, posting the social media stuff that they created. They realized that really a real estate agent only has a few things they do that generate money. Everything else is uh, secondary or tertiary to that. It's something that is done in order to allow them to do those things. We say that there are five things that uh, an agent does that generate money. They, they improve their skills typically through scripting and role-playing. So rehearsing the dialogues that they would use to attract and serve people. They generate leads, they follow up with leads. So they bring people into their database and they pull people out of their database and put them into their calendar. And then outside of those three things, they attend appointments and they negotiate contracts. The weird thing is, is the majority of the work that needs to get done to provide that exceptional service that we talked about isn't those five things. Those five things typically only take a small percentage of the actual time. So bringing in that administrative support frees that agent up to be so much more dollar productive because all of a sudden they get 50, 60, 70% of their time back and they can go just focus on those dollar producing activities. The same thing is true for agents coming onto their team. So if that agent wants 
to attract amazing people, well, what they need to do is take the systems that they built just to serve themselves, which are usually gonna be somewhat unique and customized, and they need to say, okay, well, if this works like this, how could I tweak it? How could I tweak it? How could I standardize it? How could I make it something that's a platform that is free for everyone to use who's on my team and create rules and guidelines such that they could just plug in and use the administrative support? What if I was only using 20% of my time before to do lead generation and follow up and you know appointments and negotiations and now I can use 80% of it? Well, you should be four times more productive. What if I can take agents onto my team and help them be four times more productive than they were on their own? I mean, if I'm charging only a portion of the commissions that they earn, that's a win-win for everyone. And that's why administrative support is the baseline. I always say when I'm coaching people that the agents on the team are like the hands or the legs. They, they go out and touch things. They're the ones who go out and bring things in and they're incredibly important. And we're so grateful to have them. But the administrative hub is the body. It's the heart. It's the soul. It's the brain of the organization. And you could lose an arm, but if you lose your entire administrative hub, you're going back to absolute zero. So build that, nurture that. That is, in my perspective, the most important piece of a successful team because without that, you don't really have anything to build on. I'll get off my soapbox. The second thing a team needs to be great, the second thing every great team needs is great leads. So you might say, well, Sean, you know, I've heard you say before that most successful teams actually only provide a small percentage of the leads that an agent works to the agent and more what they spend their time doing is supporting the agent in their own endeavors, providing them with marketing materials, helping them engage their sphere, creating opportunities for them to network. And I absolutely believe that's true, but creating leads for the team is part of that. And it comes from that. What you find as you grow your team is that you, you build a huge database. And so, as your team grows and people's lives change and they come and they go, this database becomes this wealth of opportunity. Um, life changes, right? People transfer jobs, people's spouses need to relocate, people die, people change careers. So you'll have people who are great and contribute hugely to your team who just don't need to or will not be part of your real estate team forever. And so what happens is you end up with these massive collections of opportunity. And as people come into your team, it creates this huge pond that they can fish from. And great teams typically realize pretty soon on that quality is better than quantity. So when we talk about leads, often agents who are interested in starting a team think, oh, I know, I'll go buy leads. So they go and they talk to Zillow or they talk to some other huge conglomerate or they buy web leads or they get a website made and they pump Google ads into it. And you can do that works better in smaller areas than larger cities because of competition. But um, generally, you'll find that a lot of these leads are not as good as the people who you've spoken to that just are already in your database. So what I like to think about when I'm thinking about leads is, it's not just about a name and a phone number and a plan that that person might have. I like to think of their level of readiness. In real estate, we have a pipeline 
Are they someone who might do something sometime in the next three years? Or are they someone who is a little bit closer to an appointment? Do you, how much do you know about them? How much do they know about you even more importantly? If I was to call up the people inside your database and say, hey, who's your realtor? What do you think they'd say? Or if I was to ask them your name and ask if they knew you, would they know you? The quality is so much more important than the quality, uh, the quantity, okay? So what we wanna do is we wanna create an atmosphere where not only is there a place for people to go and hunt if they don't have connections or a network that can be helped to engage, but also we're helping them create leads, we're teaching them, we're showing them how to circle prospect or go door knock or cold call around a listing that you give them an open house to, you're helping them host the open house, showing them how to con convert clients. Again, the majority of the leads that come in through a successful team will be through the activities of the people on the team. It's not about leads, but the foundational base of opportunity that comes from a highly productive team is gonna bring so much energy and opportunity to the people on the team that it'll carry them the distance. And frankly, sometimes you get this rock star on your team and they just need to get past the hump the first three, four, five months in the business and having a couple leads that are a little bit further down the pipeline, you know, maybe they're closer to the, the appointment stage than the nurture stage, then you can hand them off and let that person run with it. It'll keep someone great alive because we all know the first typically six months in any new business in real estate is a, a bit of a bloodbath. It's really tough to get things moving in this business. Okay, the third thing a real estate team needs to be great is personal development. So here's the thing. People will join your team for leads. Great people will join your team because they see the opportunity to grow. If you can show great people how they will grow from being part of your environment, being close to you, being part of the culture, and through being coached and held accountable by you and your teammates, that is what will attract great people. So they come for you usually. And this is why on a team, having an environment where everyone gets a little bit of access to the, the leader, the founder, the person who created the vision, who's casting it constantly, having a little bit of access is so important. We see some of the biggest teams in the world, teams that have 800, 1,000 realtors now, and still the founder of the organization is on the phone every week with everybody in the organization on a group call, you know, teaching, sharing, answering questions, reflecting, helping people. So it, it starts with sales skills. Real estate's a bit of a funny business. This is not a traditional sales role, like if you were selling cell phones or car parts or something like that. This is very, very high trust. It's a very, very high risk transaction for an individual. You think about an individual in residential real estate, like they're putting their life savings in your hands about nine times out of 10 transactions. That's the environment that they're in where they're trusting you with their retirement. So it's a very different transactional process than the typical, you know, let me get a moment of your time. Have you ever considered a new vacuum kind of sales that a lot of us thought of when we first thought about getting into sales. So teaching them how to have that, um, that level of directness while still 
letting people open up to you and building that level of trust is absolutely essential if you want to be the best that you can be. But, but then beyond that, moving into business skills, because helping someone understand that not only are they in a role as a salesperson, but even if they're on a team, they are also a business person. They need to look at what they invest, invest in their clients as thank you gifts. They need to look at what they invest in their car. They need to look at how they manage their money, not just the expenses. They need to look at when they take profits from their efforts, where are they investing them? What are they putting them? What are they, what are they doing to ensure that they have a retirement plan? So teaching people to be a business person is a huge, huge part of what will attract people to your organization. And again, we want to make sure that we're attracting great people and keeping them. And then, you know, in, in our coaching environment, when we help people, what we really strive to do is not just coach them to business. And I've had a lot of sales coaches in my career. And it's one thing that's frustrated me a lot about some of them was that it was all about the numbers. What were your numbers? Where are we at? What are we doing? And I appreciate that because it's a huge part of keeping us on trajectory. And if you're on a team, chances are that's the number one conversation you're having with the, the person who holds you accountable because that should be the number one conversation if we're in a role in a sales and we're reporting to someone. But there's also a secondary conversation and that's your personal growth. And a great leader will, will help someone get their numbers up and help them get to the point that they're in momentum. But then the leader should earn the right to also coach them personally. How are you managing the, the, the work-life time balance? Where could you invest a little bit more in work such that it would give you some time back personally? How are your relationships? How's your family? How, how's your personal health? Are you making it to the gym? I see so many realtors who go down in sleep by 20% when they get their license and they go up in weight by 20% when they get their license. And this is a stressful business. If you're not taking care of your body and you're putting yourself through the stress and the hours that a lot of us do when we're investing to get a business moving, you're going to hurt yourself. So helping people not just be a great salesperson, but helping them be a better person is a big part of, of growing the people closer to you and growing them to be the best that they can be if you want to keep them. The number four thing that you need to create if you want to really keep truly exceptional people is you need to create an opportunity for career development. And this can come in different forms on a really large scale operation. The opportunity for career development could take some simple paths that would be kind of obvious within an organizational structure. So you imagine if you have the owner of the team at the top and then you have your administrative side over here and there's two or three people who are running the show and a couple assistants doing paperwork. And then over here you have your sales team and you know, right now there's five people, but you can see that next year you're going to need 10. Well, maybe as the founder of the team, you realize that your highest and best use isn't, you know, recruiting, training, holding accountable and sitting with those five or 10 people every day for the next two years. Your highest and best uses continue networking, put signs on lawns, make sure that listings are getting converted, nurture that operations, because remember that's your foundation and make sure that everything's running tightly as a business owner in the back end. Well, maybe there's an opportunity there. Now, a lot of teams don't have someone who's ready to do that and we actually love to 
partner with them and put coaches in. And that's a, a cool part of what we love about teams is I'll work with them to kind of say, okay, well, why don't we place a coach and then we'll help you track and we'll give you some reporting. It, it's the thing that I'm passionate about is the management of sales teams. But maybe you have someone, maybe you have someone you, who you could say, hey, you know, here's a side job. And I, I want you to keep your real estate activity because frankly, that's going to be your bread and butter. But what if you could earn 20% more through leading the team meetings? Maybe it's not even about the money. Maybe it's about the personal growth. Maybe they want to, to step into that kind of responsibility because it would give them the chance to, to have a new conversation, to, to challenge themselves, to try something new. I said this before and I'll say it again. The conversation to sell a home is not the same conversation to lead a team of individuals. Leadership is completely separate and it's a whole new world of challenges aside from sales. It is a whole new growth. And sometimes people want that for themselves. Often people want that for themselves. So give them a way to do it within your organization. You know, uh, another side way that I've seen a lot of teams nurture and grow people, which is, again, it's just a simple thing that you can do is you can look for side projects to partner on them with. And this could be something internal. It could be really simple. It could be where you say, okay, you know what? You're a really talented writer. And right now I'm not doing anything to create content for the team that we can put out there to, to attract people to us. And you love writing. Why don't we take one of your lead gen blocks and rather than spending time actually, you know, calling or going out to lunch dates or doing something like that, what if you wrote a blog? What if you shot a podcast? If you were willing to do that, I would be willing to get the material edited, I'd get the material posted, I'd put it on posters and you could knock it out when you're dropping it at doors or whatever else they're doing. You could integrate it to a whole bunch of stuff that the team does. You could partner on some of the podcasts with them maybe and co-host and invite other people in to interview them. You can, you can create opportunities for them to work on projects that fulfill not just them growing their, their business with yours, but also it fills their, it gives them fulfillment a little bit. So find creative ways to bring people in. Another common way that we see teams create opportunities for the people inside the organization is to invest with them. If you have a highly profitable business inside real estate, I mean, it's amazing that we get to have this level of knowledge of the market where we really truly understand, we can feel, touch, and smell all the things that we have the opportunity to invest in. We have a better pulse on the market than anyone. So investing in real estate has always been an amazing investment. And here we are with, honestly, a market advantage. Well, would it not make sense for us to consider investing in real estate and consider investing in real estate with our team. And I'm not saying to give them property. I'm saying give them the opportunity to partner on a property with you. What a great way to bind your partnership together. And then finally, an overlooked opportunity in real estate from my perspective, from both the angle of the team owner and the people who are on the team, is the opportunity to buy an existing business. It's actually really sad when you look at it. There are so many real estate businesses that just peter out and turn to nothing. Think about it. The average age of a realtor typically hovers somewhere between 60 and 70 years old because it's hard giving up a license. Once you have a license 
and you've got a bit of a business going on, it's pretty easy to just take care of whoever calls when the phone rings and still make some pretty nice commission checks without really doing too much work because they're loyal clients you've served for years and they just keep coming back and you did all that hard work years ago. So what typically happens is agents work really, 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 really hard. They build a big business, they coast for a while, they get tired and they just let it turn to dust. Well, what if there was a way that instead of you letting your business just decline into to nothingness as your retirement, what if instead you brought someone in and they came in just as you were about to do this and they started to prop you up and they propped you up and you worked together to probably give you a bit of energy for a while. And then you gave them the opportunity to take your database and run with it. Maybe you make a five year deal or a seven year deal. I don't know what you're going to do, but lots of agents would be thrilled at the opportunity to work with the owner of a business, to take their, their database, all that goodwill they built with their clients, work together for several years, getting introduced, getting to know people, and then take over. This is how anyone who runs a dental practice or a general practitioner or a, an accounting firm, small businesses that are owned by one or two or five people, if you sell that business, no one cares about the dental drills those are nowhere near as valuable as the goodwill of the customers. Think about it, when you go to the dentist, a lot of the time you don't show up and have the same person cleaning your teeth. It'll be someone new and you just trust that there's gonna be the same level of care. And especially if the same dentist you saw last time is, is there and they say, hey, this is Mary, she's great, she's gonna take care of you, I'll come check on you in five minutes. The same thing can and has been done with real estate. Well, if you own a team and you want to retire, why not find that person who you can hand it to and partner with them for a few years, help them understand, help them understand your systems, have them help you better it, and then pass it to them and take a buyout that pays you into your retirement for a few more years and truly step back, not only leaving you know yourself with a bit of more cash than you would have, but also with knowing that your legacy is gonna continue and not just peter away. The fifth thing, every real estate team needs to be great is the opportunity to be part of something bigger. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. This is a lonely business, man. There's a ton of rejection. We're all in it for ourselves. And there's a ton of great agents I am super close to. I've always been really sociable and open with people. I'm an open book. I'll tell you anything because I, I don't want people to go through the same challenges I've had. That's why I coach. And at the same time, it's dog eat dog out there. You know, when something goes wrong, usually you're sitting at your desk alone just going, crap, are you kidding me? And when something goes right, even worse, you know, sometimes you have these landslide deals. I've had a lot of deals that were, you know, 50, 60, 70,000, $100,000 commissions on one deal. And guess what? You can't call your buddies about that because there, there's no perspective. They didn't see the three months that you, you know, had lower transactions than your expenses leading up to that. The ebb and flow of money in real estate is not the same as someone who has an office job where they're paid a salary. So there's no perspective. And so you got to kind of hold that in. So real estate's a lonely business. We, we don't have people to, to be with when we're facing challenges. We don't have people to celebrate with when things are going great. So the opportunity to be part of something that's bigger than just yourself I think is the keystone and it's a piece that most people miss. It's the culture piece that's so important. It's sharing your wins. It's sharing the little things that went well for you today. It's, it's leaning back and saying to the person next to you, man, 
that guy on the phone was a dick. <laughs> I'm gonna take five. You wanna walk around the block? And just having someone there, right? It's, it's the opportunity to, to celebrate and maybe go away or get dinner or have those moments with the team where you do something goofy because guess what? In any work environment that's full time, you're gonna spend about the same amount of time, if not more, with your colleagues as you will with your family. So this is like your second family. And if it doesn't feel good, if it's not right, and you don't have that group love, you don't have that rewarding, enriching, fun atmosphere, well, it's gonna be hard to wanna stay there. Even if the money's amazing, it's gonna be hard to wanna stay there. So if you want your team to be truly great, make sure that you incorporate the culture piece where there's some fun, you get to know each other, you learn what's important to each other, you support each other, and most importantly, you have each other's backs. So walking out of the last number of podcasts that we've shared, I just wanted to leave this as the kind of the, the last thought on teams and building them because I really think if you can ace these five things, administrative support, leads, personal development, the opportunity for career development, and the opportunity to be part of something bigger, you're gonna have something truly exceptional. And those five things are just like the stuff that we talked on the last one. They're things that you never stop working on. It's an opportunity for you to have a constant and never ending uh, uh, improvement where you're constantly just bettering it. And I think that's so cool. You can every single year, every single quarter say, what's one thing we could do to just love on our people this quarter? What's something I could do that would give back to them? to help them enrich themselves, to help them better their careers, their, their lives, their relationships. What's something we could do to create an opportunity for them to advance their careers, grow closer to us? Give them an opportunity to do something outside of real estate that is a passion project. And how are we gonna make sure through all of this that the foundation is that we've got a thriving database of opportunity propped up by the strongest administrative and operational support that you could ever imagine? You build that, not only are you going to have an incredible business, you're going to have a lot of fun. As always, thanks for your time.